The Hursts, Father and Son, by William Randolph Hearst, Jr., with Jack Casserly. For Austine. Preface. The thought of writing this book has been on my mind for about ten years. I fought it all that time. The reason is, my father would have done a much better job if he had chosen to write of his life and our family. He was a finer reporter and editor than I have ever been. Also, since Pop never answered his enemies or critics, I knew that I would have to reveal and explain some of his private life. I've always been reluctant to do that. I finally undertook this book at the urging of my wife, Austine, because my father deserves a more accurate and definitive public account of his turbulent career. I'm his last close link, apart from my brother Randy. If one of us didn't write about him and our family, an intimate look at not only my father, but our extraordinary grandparents would be lost. At the age of 83, I needed someone to bang the drum and keep me marching. Jack Casserly, a veteran reporter, author, and my editorial assistant, did that and more. This work is an accounting of my stewardship in the news game while following in the footsteps of my father. Pop plays a major role in the book because he stamped such a large imprint on our family, and indeed on the media of the 20th century. My father was one of the most powerful and controversial Americans of our times. At the pinnacle of his career, he may have been the most influential. A score of books, thousands of magazine and newspaper articles, storehouses of photos, a major movie, and millions of other words in the congressional record, speeches, and private papers have attempted to capture the character of my father and the life of our family. Among these are numerous inaccurate accounts, false judgments, and unfounded riddles which have been created about Pop and the rest of us over the years. It's time to set the record on a straighter course. I hope to do that fairly, with decency, and above all, truthfully. I take a first-hand look at my father's life and that of five generations of Hearsts over the past 125 years or so. Most of the material written and spoken about my father has been by people who never met him. They presumed not only to understand him, but to expound on his innermost thoughts and emotions. Two authors did know him, Mrs. Fremont Older and Adela Rogers St. John's. Each was informative and accurate within the scope of her knowledge. My father has been described as the personification of evil genius. That is a tragic oversimplification. He was a score of men in one, an extraordinarily complex character who reflected the contentious times in which he lived. Pop was a man of countless hues, an incredibly adventurous individual with a boundless spirit and outlook. He also was very patriotic. The old man was a flamboyant editor and publisher. He lived for headlines and national press battles. Yet Pop prized privacy even more. That was one of the most difficult things to comprehend about him. Even as he sought tranquility in his retreat at San Simeon, Pop was continually buffeted by public storms which he created in editorials, his political and socio-economic views, and his personal life. He attracted national and international attention with these strong convictions while running some ninety different businesses. I lived in my father's shadow all my life. For much of four decades we lived and laughed alongside one another. I was not only his son, but his student." This book is being published almost to the day that Pop died 40 years ago, on August 14, 1951. The coincidence convinces me beyond any logic that I have done the right thing in writing it. This marks the first time in these four decades that any of our father's sons publicly discusses Pop or our family in any real depth. That includes our relationship with my father's mistress, Marion Davies. It's not easy coming out of the old man's shadow and writing of the lives of my mother, my four brothers, and myself, but after such a long wait, the time seems right, and time is running out on me. I've been a newspaper man for more than sixty years, the only one of my father's five sons who has been a lifetime reporter and editor. My father's life and mine stretch from the Civil War to the present. 
I will describe much of it, from my boyhood in New York and California to our family relationship with Pop and my life as a newspaper man. That career led me around the globe, beginning in World War II, to meet most world leaders and witness many important events. The bond between Pop and me has endured, but let no one think that I haven't charted my own course. I disagreed strongly at times with the old man. Let this book, however imperfect, speak for both of us in our own ways, and may it give some guidance and meaning to those young reporters who will, above all, inherit and rejoice in the free press which we and others have left them as a legacy, and may it offer some insight to all my fellow Americans into this and the twenty-first century. William Randolph Hearst, Jr., New York, 1991 Acknowledgements Many people who contributed to this book are no longer with us. My mother and father, my brothers George, John, and David, my grandparents George and Phoebe Apperson Hurst, Frank Conniff, my best friend, Julia Morgan, our architect at San Simeon, and many others, friends, fellow newsfolk across the country, and people I met along the way. My love and gratitude to all. No one, however, deserves more credit for this undertaking than my wife, Austine. For ten years she persisted, insisting that I owed this first-hand recollection to my family, past, present, and future. I finally relented, and with the help of our sons, William Randolph Hearst III and Austin, reconstructed my life and that of our family. No one worked harder on this book than Joy Ruth Casserly, our able and experienced researcher, who found thousands of long-forgotten family letters, office correspondence and memos, legal documents, photos, and other information at Hearst headquarters in New York, at the ranch in San Simeon, the Joseph A. Moore Collection at the Library of Congress in Washington, the Bancroft Library at the University of California in Berkeley, and the Julia Morgan Collection in the Robert Kennedy Library at California Polytechnic State University in San Luis Obispo. Much of the material is newly discovered. A hearty thanks to those library staffs and my New York colleagues as well. To jog my memory of people, places, and long-ago events, we used the New York Public Library's newspaper annex, where past editions of the New York Journal American are on microfilm. We also delved into material at the Journal American Morgue in the Humanities Research Center at the University of Texas in Austin. Ken Craven, the director, was especially helpful. I also browsed through books, old magazines, and other material related to our family. They reminded me of how forgetful one can become. Many others helped us. Catherine Hurst, Randolph A. Hurst, Hope Hurst, Paul McNamara, Joseph Kingsbury Smith, Mrs. Frank Conniff and her son Michael, Harvey Lipton, Dick Deems, Helen Gurley Brown, John Mac Carter, Eleanor Lambert, Gus Engelman, Frank Carposi, Jr., Doris Kaplan, Jack O'Brien, Frank Borsky, Mildred Schindler, Rosemarie Ziegler, Mike Pearl, Martin Stedman, Joseph Hagen, Pete Kreindler, Joan Hanauer McKenna, Marvin Sleeper, Professor John Hazard, John Bunky Hurst, Larry Newman, Edward Heimoff, Max McCroen, Bob and Yuri Horaguchi, Norma Barsman, Alan Berg, Bill Umstead, Joseph Singer, Jim O'Donnell, Taylor Kaufman, Bob Brandis, Barbara and Bill Atkins, Nancy Lovaglio, and Oscar Collier. We may have missed some people who helped us, and we regret any omissions. However, they are as much a part of this book as anyone listed here. As a lifetime newspaper man, I accept full responsibility for this story. Thanks again to one and all who pushed and pulled me along the way. That includes my colleague Jack.